This fucking guy. Hello, my little nutter butters. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care, if self-care is one long scream into the void. Here is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and P-words that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I need a drink. Ren Martinez. And I've already had several ginger golub. Woof. I just poured what was left of the bottle of gin into this drink that I've taken upstairs and kind of ran out of room for juice, so... We'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, uh, 2020's been here for 11 days. and 2021. 20, 2021 has been here for 11 days. And um, yeah, wow. Okay. I mean, sure. Let's just let's start it off just like this. Let's just do it. I think Smash Mouth said it best when they said the hits start coming and they don't stop coming. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart. But your head gets dumb. And I agree. Ugh, the prophet smash mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been, um, it's been interesting. Personally, there's been a lot of family emergencies this week that has not helped with the, the national emergencies going on. Um, so it's just been, It's just been, man, it's the last seven days have not been my favorite seven days. No, I had a birthday and that was pretty chill. The rest of it can go back to hell. Your birthday was lovely. Which is not to say we were in the same room. (laughs) It was on one of the days where things started spiraling out of control in my personal life. And that's and I was like, here's a bright moment. Here's a bright spot amidst the chaos where I can be like, oh, what a, a Jackbox game. Isn't this lovely? Like, <laughs> Jackbox always does seem to make things slightly better. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but it This does. episode brought to you by Jackbox games. <laughs> and the fact that I have like four different party packs. Four different party packs got paid for none of them. Got comped for not a fucking one. Ren, is there anything you want to scream into the void product placement or otherwise? Yeah, um, a couple of things. Well, first, I, I wanted to do sort of an episode update, um, from a past episode. As of, as of this time, Parlor, our favorite alternative social media platform, is, uh, being kicked off of Amazon, Apple, and Google. <laughs> Ding dong, the witch is dead. For, you know, for the whole, like, maybe incitement of domestic terrorism and, Right on the Capitol. Whoops. I don't know. Maybe something. <laughs> could have had a thing to do with it. You could have had it all rolling in the deep. Uh-huh. <laughs> 2021 rolling in the deep. Of course, um, in this article I found, it was like, indeed, Parlor CEO John Matz, again, the living goatee, warned that deep platforming could lead to service interruptions. Oh, no, John. <laughs> oh, no. Are your servers going to shut down again, Are they going to shut down fucking again? <laughs> I listened back to that episode, and I do want our listeners to know that you cut out, I would say, at least 50% of us making fun of their servers going oh down, God, I think, yeah. for time. It was um, it's pretty great. and They keep going down. And at least half of the mention, half of our mentions of the word cum dumpster. I mean, there was plenty of it in there. Yeah. But, you know, I 
you have to edit a little bit out. I After we put up that episode, I got the most terrifying email from my father where I was just able to see his name, subject line, your latest episode. And then uh, the first few words, which were, can you explain to me what? <laughs> and thank God it wasn't, can you explain to me what a cum dumpster is? Because... <laughs> My soul would leave my body. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, man. What I wouldn't give to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, um, Matt's accused Amazon of trying to remove free speech off the internet. So without Parler, literally no one can speak on the internet. No one is saying anything online. So. Hello. The other, the other thing is, um, it has not been proven or disproven, but I'm going to send you a tweet with a video. So watch it, enjoy it, and then we're going to talk about it. Ma'am, what, what happened to you? I got maced. You got maced. And what happened? You were trying to go inside the Capitol? Yeah, I made it like a foot inside and they pushed me out and they maced me. What's your, what's your name? Where are you from? My name is Elizabeth. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. And why did you want to go in? We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. Thank you. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe the only good thing to come out of Wednesday? Was it just this past Wednesday? Mm -hmm. Was this less than a week ago? How long has this year been? Jesus Christ. We're storming the Capitol. We're storming the Capitol. We're starting a revolution. It's a revolution. I can't believe they maced me. I've only been in there. I only took a step inside. So Elizabeth from Knoxville, obviously, is an American hero. <laughs> Elizabeth from Knoxville is to the white supremacist terrorist trying to start this revolution, what guy who got arrested for trying to light his shoelaces on fire after 9-11 for shoe bombs was to, like, 2002. Oh, wow. What a throwback. Yeah, she, so obviously Elizabeth from Knoxville uh, is making the rounds, as well as she should. It's incredible. Um, One of the things that, of course... It's just very funny to me is like these are the same people who looked at the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter protests of 2020 and seeing people tear gas and basically like, oh, <laughs> oh these special snowflakes and ah, this is what you get when you burn down buildings. And suddenly they get maced once and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. They maced me. Like, it's it hurt my eyeballs. Like, my eyeballs really hurt. And, like, I was just trying to storm the seat of government to, like, do an unjust overthrow of an election. I can't believe they would respond this way. It's not like I was selling loose cigarettes. <laughs> I'm not, like, a real criminal. I wasn't asleep in my bed. Yeah, so that obviously is just mwah, chef's kiss. Um, but there is a Snopes article. It has not been proven. But there is a Snopes one where it's possible that when she wipes her face with that towel, mm -hmm. there might be an onion in there. So now the To make it look like she's <laughs> crying because she yeah. didn't actually get maced yeah. and they want it to look... <laughs> 
Elizabeth from Knoxville does not look like she has the wherewithal to, like, uh, to make that up. I mean, again, like, who knows? It, it, it has not been confirmed, but you can see something, like, something white is in the towel she is holding to put on her eyes. And I just think that would just be, oh, the, the victim uh, complex, right? Uh, they want to be oppressed so badly, uh, but, like, not actually oppressed, but, like metaphorically oppressed symbolically but like with no actual consequence they want to be victims yes they don't they don't want to go through the process of oppression but they want to be victims right right which is why like calling you know saying like oh my god they called me a karen like that's that's oppression but like worse than the n-word it's worse than the n-word that's why one of them i can't say So I just, you know, Elizabeth from Knoxville, I hope you're not doing great. (laughs) I hope you're doing very bad. But if somehow you find this and you're listening to the show, please fucking tweet at us. We would love to have you on. I'd love to talk to you. Go fuck yourself. But I'd love to talk to you. Go fuck yourself. We are willing to tell you that in person. But we want to hear all about this onion. I'm also really loving the string of people getting fired from their jobs after like posting all of their details on social media and then being like very surprised Pikachu face about consequences to their actions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, well. (laughs) So, I mean, I think that's, you know, there was definitely like a coup attempt, which is not funny, but like we have to find the joy somewhere. Yes. People actually are facing consequences. Let's let's take the joy where we can. Mm-hmm. And while we still have some joy left in us, I think it might be time for some therapy. All right, Gingy, I have my towel. I have my onion. I am ready to cry. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell me about this fucking guy? Do you have a pillow? No. Okay, I warned you about this before. You know, this this could You're you're this you're the sound editor. It's your funeral. I miss Voidy, the void pillow. Voidy, Void. the void pillow. I absorb your screams. <laughs> okay, y'all. Um so coming out of our last episode which was Buck versus Bell, I was I was so excited to come in here and to do something fun. Something lighthearted, something like maybe, like maybe let's do old Hollywood. Let's talk about Mae West or some shit. But then these stupid motherfuckers had to come and storm the fucking Capitol building mm-hmm. and ruin everything. Mm-hmm. And no, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that more than we have because first of all, that's all anybody is fucking talking about. Talking about. Yeah. Um, and second of all, I wrote this, uh, on January 9th and who knows when we're releasing it and what the case will be then. Fair. Fair. So, um, but since that happened, I've been, um, hearing a lot of voices in the media invoking this event that I had previously never heard of, the Wilmington Massacre of 1898. Now, before this week, had you heard of this shit? It sounds familiar in the way that, like, I know all of those words. <laughs> you maybe know where Wilmington is? Yeah, I'm not sure if I've heard them put together. I, I'm. Is it the kind of thing where it's like, 
where it's like the burning of Black Wall Street. It's one of those things where we should have probably fucking learned this in high school. But it's like, man, it's weird that it took like an episode of a TV show for everybody to figure out this really important event in our history. Very much so. Um, So we have talked about the Reconstruction era in the U.S. a couple of times before because a whole lot of fucking bullshit happened then. Um, Most history classes just skip from from the Civil War to the Great Gatsby and just gloss over everything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, teapot Dome. Yeah. Teapot Dome, Teapot Dome, Newsies. Yes. <laughs> and that's it. Verbatim. So before the Civil War, Wilmington was the largest city in North Carolina and was predominantly black. And then after the Civil War and Emancipation, even more black people moved into the city as uh, previously enslaved laborers from rural plantations were like, fuck this noise and moved to the city. Um, so this meant that a significant black middle class community was able to develop in the city without white guys ruining it for everyone. Whoa. And at the same time, you already said the key words I can tell. That will uh, be the downfall of that. And that is black middle class <laughs> with very little white input. And uh, yeah, the ooh, that's a recipe for really bad things. I mean, only in the context of the white people ruining it. It is. I mean, yeah. Standalone by itself. A beautiful thing. It's like putting and then the white people. It's like putting a beautiful, fragile glass vase in a room with a cat. That is exactly the metaphor I was going to make. <laughs> you know what's going to oh. happen. <laughs> you know. You know. Um, so at the same time that that was happening, Wilmington, like most of the South, was facing supply shortages and economic troubles because suddenly their currency wasn't worth shit. Um, and it's worth noting that in the late 1800s in Wilmington, there were some f- there was some other financial stuff going on that contributed to what happened that is very lengthy and very complex and it can essentially be boiled down to the white people wanted more money and felt like they were paying too many taxes which is the sentence that has ruined so many things in america like when when don't white people feel that way (laughs) jesus christ uh so ren do you remember our episode on the southern strategy Yup, like I do remember that ago. because Candace Owens said that's a myth. <laughs> so, Candace Owens, your aunt's only black friend. Um, <laughs> if you haven't already listened to that episode, I do recommend doing that before you get too far into this one. I think it's episode like seventeen. Yeah, back when we whatever. were young and full of hope, uh, called the racist ass strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the reason why people like Paul Ryan still want to say that the Republican Party is the party of Lincoln, but with literally just the name. The name is the only similarity yeah. between the two. All of all of the policies and platforms are... Yeah. And I mention this only because what we're talking about today happens like right... It happens before the Southern strategy, but um, we're going to be talking about Democrats and Republicans a lot, and I want to couch that the right way. Yeah. Because think of... Whatever I say, think the reverse. And in fact, I'm going to use the term Dixiecrat to describe the Democrats in this story. Um, even though it wasn't like an accurate term for the time, they weren't calling themselves that, but I need some way to delineate who we're really talking about. 
um, in that being the racist conservatives before they changed their name. Um, it's like it's like Prince rebranding himself, only way more racist. Sure. <laughs> Eventually, they became a symbol. It was three letters, and <laughs> you have to do that. Why I don't have liquid in my mouth? I could have died. <laughs> so yeah, the Dixiecrats um, at this point in time were in the late 1800s. They are just losing their fucking minds over the fact that black people can vote, and they're voting Republican. So the bitter white Dixiecrats responded to all of this by lots of them joining the KKK, which went to great lengths to suppress the black vote. Now, the federal government saw the shit that the KKK was doing, and they were like, no, fuck you, uh, and passed the Enforcement Act of 1870. Another thing that I had never heard of before, but fuck, I hope that people get charged under it soon. Um <laughs> The law let the federal government enforce the 15th Amendment by letting the president use the army and federal marshals to smack down the racists and charge anyone doing election fraud, bribery, voter intimidation, and conspiracy to prevent citizens from exercising their constitutional rights. Man, I I don't think any of those things are happening currently in present events. Now, this act so specifically targeted the Klan that it is alternately known as the First Ku Klux Klan Act. I just can never say their name right the first time, and why would I? <laughs> Instead of saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't do racist shit, the racists of North Carolina just decided to form new and exciting racist paramilitary groups. Most important for our purposes was a group known as the Red Shirts. We will get back to them in a minute. But Jesus Christ, the red shirt, the red hats, like history is a Ouroboros. We are eating ourselves. <laughs> so the Dixiecrats, uh, they were really desperate to main power and they developed a plan to reverse home rule, which just means that local officials would no longer be elected, but they would be appointed by the state. So they were totally tossing democracy aside. Cool, cool, cool. They also tried to mandate segregated public schools, outlaw interracial relationships and that kind of shit. And one group in eastern North Carolina that was not sold on the Dixiecrats was the People's Party, also known as the Populists, which was a labor movement party. Okay. There is so much exposition here. I am so sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's, I mean... Again, it's definitely a period of history that even in AP US history, which I definitely took and passed the AP test before realizing I really should have taken the college credit courses in high school. <laughs> Reconstruction was a blip, a blip. And it's like, man, a lot of sh it was it, it was like 50 years. Like it's a long time to like ignore a bunch of stuff that happened. Yeah, it's like 19 19. It's like 1865 to really World War One. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, like how Rush Limbaugh <laughs> writes these books for children about U.S. history, but very much with like, U.S. is the best country that's ever existed. We've literally not, never done anything wrong. Yeah, he <laughs> skipped all of this. He's like, that yeah. makes us look bad. We're just not even going to talk about it, you know. No, new year, new me, right? 
New Year, new rush, if only. <laughs> okay, so we've got the populace. Populists are labor rights. They're the union, poor white people. Um, and then they band together with the black Republicans who were also like, if you think your labor practices are bad, boy, do we have some stories for you. <laughs> and uh, they formed this interracial coalition with a platform of self-governance, free public education and equal voting rights for black men called the Fusion Coalition or the Fusionists. That sounds right as hell. It sounds great. I'm sure it won't be ruined at all. So the Fusionists uh, proved to be really popular in between the elections of 1894 and 1896. They won every state-level office, including the governorship in 1896, uh, with this guy named Daniel Russell, who we will also meet again later. By 1898... There were basically four guys who had control over the whole of Wilmington, and they were all fusionists. Um, they had the mayor, the acting sheriff of the whole county, the postmaster, and this businessman named Flavial W. Fosters. I'm sorry, f- what? Flavial or maybe Flaviel? Flaviel. F- Flaviel. There's some really good names in this episode. <laughs> Flaviel sounds like a romance novel protagonist set in like the Roman Empire. Like, oh, Flaviel, he Flavie- he's a, he's a Spartan with rippling pectorals. Flaviel sounds like DreamWorks decided to reboot the Fievel franchise for the 2020s and instead of being a jewish immigrant they decided that it was going to be an immigrant from central america <laughs> and they were just going to call him flaviel instead of fievel flaviel sounds like the gladiatorial name of guy fieri for flavortown correct <laughs> so the dude with the name we will not get back to him again. I just wanted to say that name. Um, he was just a dude who wielded substantial support and influence with black voters. So there was like these four guys of different races that were like ruling over Wilmington. It was very chill. Um, the Dixiecrats, as you can imagine, hated this. They tried to overturn changes the fusionists were making, um, but the state Supreme Court didn't rule in their favor. And they were deeply, deeply concerned that the fusionists would win again in 1898. Wealthy, powerful Wilmington Democrats, as well as the Democratic State Party chairman, Furnifold Simmons. Furnifold? Furnifold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the villain in a Regency novel. Okay, okay. Yes, Furnifold Simmons launched what was essentially just a campaign of white supremacy and was pretty explicitly just a campaign of white supremacy uh, in the hopes that uh, they could divide or really just intimidate the fusionists and win the 1898 election. They recruited racist media outlets, including two actual newspapers that fucking existed, The Progressive Farmer and The Caucasian. Oh, man. Not even trying. I mean, I there is something to be said. And the sad thing, of course, is um, 
<laughs> uh, spoiler alert from somebody who doesn't actually know, but it's probably going to work because you don't actually have to have a platform of like actual things that you want to improve or actual plans for like laws in the government. I mean, if your platform is just, hey, do you hate black people? Me too. It's amazing how men, how, how well that works. I mean, historically, it's just gone fucking gangbusters and that's <sighs> okay. So sorry. I just went into a fugue state for a minute. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, they recruited racist media outlets to like further beyond what they were already doing, stoke fears about black citizens ruling over white citizens and yeah. having more power. How dare they? Uh, so essentially and- they went to like, 4chan and 8chan and parlor mm-hmm. and fomented racist outrage. Yes, but also the comment section of Pornhub, because they really did also lean on that chestnut of, ooh, but what if black men took all the white women? Mm. That was really a central part of it, because of course it was. I mean, if if, if it ain't broke... Be racist. Uh. Huh. Okay, so on November 20th, 1897, the first statewide call for white unity was issued and called on whites to unite and reestablish Anglo-Saxon rule in honest government in North Carolina. Why are they so fucking obsessed with Anglo-Saxons? Why is that a thing? Why is that the thing? I don't know. I mean, it's... It's, it's it's either Anglo-Saxon or it's Roman. Like, like white people are fucking obsessed with, like, this idea that – I think it's kind of this, like, King Arthurian kind of thing where it's like, we were destined to just rule over everybody. That's why it's okay that we use our power to oppress people because, like, Camelot and shit. <laughs> because Camelot – um, Simmons called Republicans and, uh, the populist rule anarchy, evil, and apocalyptic, setting a vision for the Dixiecrats to be the redeemers that would rescue the state from tyranny. Mm. As if that didn't sound really, really, really familiar. Right? It's like, hmm, I feel like I've heard this song before, like, literally a year ago. Like, just a couple years ago, you guys were singing this tune. How'd like, that go for y'all? If Parlor still meaningfully existed, I would want to go on there and just, like, control F and then just paste these, like, racist white supremacy speeches and just see how much it just pops up verbatim. No, I mean, yeah, obviously it would be very, very similar, but it's it's the same people who, like, I can't remember when it happened, but I think it was NPR who, uh, on some July 4th, of the last four years, like tweeted out verses of the Declaration of Independence and a bunch of fucking racist Trump hearts were super upset because they thought it was like advocating revolution against the president. It's like, oh my God, like how dare you like incite the blah, 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 blah and like talk about tyranny and like how blah, 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 blah. It was, it's, it's the Declaration of Independence, you fucking dumbass. People are so fucking stupid. In addition to the newspapers, 
Fernifold Simmons also hired people to hand out racist pamphlets at the polls and go to polling places and, quote, make sure men voted correctly. Uh, he, hmm, mm. Mm, that doesn't sound like fraud at all. <laughs> Uh, he hired orators to make racist speeches. One of the most notable of these, I might, she might get her own episode someday. I did not go far enough down this rabbit hole. Um, but there was a suffragette, yes, a suffragette, named Rebecca Latimer Felton, who in August 1897 told a crowd that of all of the threats farm wives face, there was none greater than a black man raping them due to the failure of white men to protect them. <sighs> she specifically said, When there is not enough religion in the pulpit to organize a crusade against sin, nor justice in the courthouse to promptly punish crime, nor manhood enough in the nation to put a sheltering arm around innocence and virtue, if it needs lynching to protect women's dearest possession from the ravening human beasts, then I say lynch a thousand times a week if necessary. Goody Proctor is a witch. She dances with devils. <laughs> this, this is what fucking happens when your feminism isn't intersectional. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. Just fuck off with that noise. Ugh. Uh, prominent Wilmington Dixiecrats began organizing white supremacy clubs known as the White Government Union. Oh, okay. The clubs. I'm sorry. White. <laughs> Y'all get a fucking hobby. Like, get, like, I don't know, a book club or some sort of, like, knitting party. Like, a white supremacy club. Like, are you that boring? Like, that boring and uninteresting that the only hobby you have is I'm a white person? Like, that is by far the fucking, like, most boring-ass, basic shit I've ever heard. If your only traits are that you are proud and you are a boy, and you cannot <laughs> think of a better name than that, <laughs> fuck yourself. <sighs> okay, so the white government union demanded that every white man in Wilmington join. The following quote is from a city alderman. Many good people were marched from their homes, taken to headquarters, and told to sign. Those that did not were notified that they must leave the city, as there was plenty of rope in the city. All right, now I'm getting more, like, PTSD flashbacks to the Turner Diaries and the Day of the Rope. Like, Jesus Christ. Are you sure you don't want to get a pillow? It's only getting worse from here. You know, um... Again, like, I want Voidy the Void Pillow. Voidy the Void Pillow. I absorb all your screams. <laughs> um, and without him, it's just not the same. That's true. You're going to have to just scream into your long, luscious locks of hair. <sighs> it looks like a mustache. In August 1898, this poor, beautiful angel, too good for this world, Alexander Manley, who is the owner of Wilmington's only black newspaper called the daily record he wrote an editorial responding to felton's speech his mic drop of a response was that white women were not being raped by black men as felton and the gross, gross newspapers were reporting but rather that white women 
were consensually sleeping with them because race is a construct and white guys needed to fucking get over it. What a uh, king. We oh stand a god. King. Just fucking like <laughs> straight up he's like y'all we fuck better. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like we fucking got it. Have you seen this chocolate? Like seriously. What? Like why would she be interested in your dumb male ass who literally only brings to the table like the fact that you're a white dude? Like I'm going to you will need to cut this out. I'm going to send you a uh, link to his Wikipedia with a picture of him because, like, he is fucking fine as hell and, like, by 1890s standards. Oh, no, I believe it. These these are the words of a man who knows his own sexual prowess and, like, not in a douche lord negging kind of way, but, like, in a... Ladies, you know I'm going to eat you out. Like, it's okay, you know? But also, I want you to just remember, like, he's a beautiful man. He's a perfect angel. This is how much white ancestry you could have and still be considered black in 1897. Well, first of all, he's fine. He's fine. He's fucking he's the only fine. <laughs> He is fine as fuck. He is the only person who should be doing that mustache, but I will let him. Woo. Woo. I get it. I'm not a mustache fan, but you are. He is. I'll write it. It's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Manly was the light-skinned grandson of a former white governor who had raped his enslaved grandmother, as was common at the time. Uh, so Manly was really attacking the trope of big burly black men attacking white women and pointing out that there were complexities and hypocrisy happening. What? That doesn't sound like American history. Specifically, he said, Mrs. Felton must begin at the fountainhead if she wishes to purify the stream. Teach your men purity. Teach your men that it is no worse for a black man to be intimate with a white woman than for the white man to be intimate with a colored woman. This did not go over well. What? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) (laughs) this fucking king being like, again, not only am I laying down some feminist theory, but I will also fuck your girl way better than you ever can. That did not go over well. I am laying down feminist theory and pipe. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, the white Dixiecrats of Wilmington were not like, what a nuanced and multifaceted take from somebody with lived experience. No. Within 48 hours, white supremacists reprinted this piece and used it to further their cause. Manly also lost all of his white advertisers and due to threat of violence was forced to relocate his press in the middle of the night. Even fusionists and Republicans tried to get him to shut his newspaper down and later suggested that this was the inciting incident behind the later riot. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a a black man talking about racism and about how we should be anti-racist even in our romantic relationships and dating practices absolutely just clearly a man causing violence just clubbing everyone over the head with the fact that he gives multiples to all the women like just (laughs) 
What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do other than like start a riot when someone tells you that? Well, and this was, this was months before that, but two months later, the Dixiecrats held a rally in nearby Fayetteville. South Carolina Senator Ben Tillman was the guest of honor and chastised the white men of North Carolina for not yet, quote, killing that damn N-word editor, bragging that Manley would be dead if his editorial had been published in South Carolina and when it came to blacks advocating a shotgun policy. Whew! What laurels to rest upon. Hmm. Hey! We would have already shot that innocent man down where I live. We would have long before committed murder. So, you know, you bunch of fucking snowflakes. We don't let our women come. <laughs> That's the devils we're gonna drop them! <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she, she had an orgasm! <laughs> I saw Goody Manley dancing with the devil. <laughs> Four days after that, on October 24th, this is, we're in 1898 now. We're in the room where it happens, whatever. 50 prominent Dixiecrats gathered at the Thalian Hall Opera House, where this dude named Alfred Waddell, and I did not write this down, but right now I'm, I've got like three shots of gin in me because it was what was left in the bottle and I didn't feel like keeping the <laughs> bottle. Um, I feel like explaining to you who this dude was. He was this like disgraced former state senator who had been beaten out of office by the guy who at this point was now governor and like, was totally unemployable and a drunk and relying on his wife, who was like a piano teacher, to support them. And then Furnifold Simmons bought this guy, essentially, by saying, like, hey, wouldn't you be less emasculated if I gave you money to do a bunch of racist speeches? So really the Mike Pence of the Reconstructionist era. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. Mike Probably. Pence. I remember that you were fucking broke. I remember Mike Pence. I remember that shit piece of garbage. So Alfred Waddell delivered the speech, declaring that white supremacy was issue number one for white men. He claimed that, quote, the greatest crime that has ever been perpetrated against modern civilization was the investment of the Negro with the right to suffrage. And he closed his speech by saying, we will never surrender to a ragged raffle of Negroes, even if we have to choke the Cape Fear River with carcasses. Man, you know, back then, what I appreciate is that they're, they're all saying the quiet part out loud, which is something that racists today try really hard not to do. They have the exact same sentiment, but they, they love to couch it in these terms of like, Oh, but, you know, changing culture and culture shock and, like, Marxism, you know, like, they, they, they love to, like, gloss all over this. But straight up, they're like, the worst thing that's ever happened to Americans is black people. But maybe not. No, actually, I will, I will reframe that. The worst thing that ever happened to white Americans is black people being people. I want you to know. That if you ever make me sufficiently angry, I'm going to clip this audio and make it my ringtone. 
Four days after that fucking happened, these asshats hosted a white supremacy convention. As far as I can tell, that's what they called it. Yeah. Uh, with 8,000 attendees, where they espoused essentially the same bullshit. Notably, though, the red shirts, they were in attendance and they walked away from the convention with a mission to terrorize black North Carolinians and their white allies across the eastern portion of the state. They destroyed property, ambushed citizens with weapon fire, and kidnapped people from their homes and whipped them with the goal of terrorizing them to the point where blacks and fusionists would be too afraid to vote or even register to do so. The Redshirts and the Dixiecrats told Wilmington business owners in no uncertain terms that electing anyone who wasn't a Dixiecrat would lead to a race riot. Which, I guess if you mean the mm. people that are rioting are all white, sure. Mm. I, I, <laughs> there's something beautifully hypocritical about white supremacists going out being like, tearing people from their homes, beating them and whipping them and burning buildings and all this stuff. It's like, hey, a riot might happen. <clears throat> just just be warned. There could be a race riot going on. Hmm. The red shirts, they had rallies across Wilmington, mostly organized by this guy named Mike Dowling, who, despite being the elected chair of the White Laborers Union, had recently been fired as the foreman of Fire Engine Company Number 2 for incompetency, drunkenness, and continued insubordination. Like, girl, we did boss tweed, and you know what shit you can get into and still be a fireman during this period of time. <laughs> they were having axe fights in the fucking street. They were having whiskey-fueled axe fights in the fucking street, but this guy got fired. Yeah, he must have been okay. really bad at the axe fighting. Um, You must have been really bad at your job, my friend. So bad. Blame it on a black person. Uh, So this is Mike Dowling. On November 1st, 1898, Dowling, the drunk former fireman, led a parade of a thousand red shirts and rough riders mounted on horses for 10 miles through the black neighborhoods of Wilmington. The next day, Dowling held a white man's rally. Don't know what he thought the last one was, but a, a white man's rally where every able-bodied white man was armed and sent walking through the black neighborhoods again, this time firing into black homes in a black school. The rally ended at Hilton Park, where a thousand people greeted them with a picnic and free barbecue. Aww, what a, you just have you have a little you just have a little parade where you know you commit domestic terrorism and just terrorize the civilians of you know the the black part of town, and then you you get some barbecue and some potato salad, very runny potato salad, very very under seasoned barbecue. If there is mm -hmm. one thing I can tell you mm -hmm. about this food. Is that dry, just very dry. The potato salad was runny, the barbecue was dry, and they did not use enough salt. These re <laughs> these fucking marches through the black neighborhoods of Wilmington became daily occurrences. Oh my god. At that point. Do y'all not have uh, jobs? Like, apparently fucking not. Like, 
what are what the fuck are y'all doing again like how boring are you to not have some sort of like fucking like knitting club or some shit like <laughs> get a fucking life yeah, the, these became daily occurrences. The red shirts were like apparently way more committed to being hateful asshats than their actual jobs. And organizers fed them a constant supply of alcohol to make sure that they were making the poorest decisions possible. They would like load these guys up with whiskey and get them to march through the streets. Uh, groups began disrupting black churches and patrolling the streets as White citizens patrols, intimidating and attacking black citizens. The patrons of the white supremacy campaign also supplied them with a new $1,200, and that's in their money, Gatling gun. Oh, no. The one saving grace is it wasn't mounted to a train. A stationary Gatling gun, I guess that is. Black citizens understandably try to buy guns to defend themselves, but white merchants wouldn't sell them any. And not just that, they would report any attempt to purchase a gun back to the white supremacist group. But what about the Second Amendment, bruh? What about the Second Amendment? Right to bear- Second Amendment, They bruh. didn't care about the Second Amendment until the Black Panther <laughs> started, <laughs> walking towards the- started walking towards, like, Reagan's house with AK-47s, and then suddenly they cared. We'll do an episode on that someday. Anyway, um, even when they tried to buy guns out of state or, like, directly from the merchants, like, the word had gone out and, like, they would notify the fucking red shirts and all of that. So, merchants sold no guns to black buyers between November 1st and 10th of that year, but later testified that they sold over 400 guns to whites during the same time. I can't see this going terribly wrong at all. Hmm. But of course... Newspapers spread the rumor that the black population of Wilmington was trying to arm itself for a violent attack. Yes, they're the ones. I mean, these people want to attack us who have very innocently been shooting into their homes for like three months. Like, how dare they? How dare? But that did not stop the Dixiecrats from barring black citizens from gathering just in case they maybe thought about planning something. I mean, yeah, we've been shooting into their homes and businesses for three months. Like, how rude of you to even think about retaliating. Like, oh my god, what have we ever done to you? Goodness. Turn the other cheek. (laughs) Jesus. The election was on November 8th, 1898. Most black citizens and Republicans across North Carolina did not vote, A, because they wanted to avoid violence, and B, because the red shirts were literally blocking the roads and shooting any black person they saw. The fusionist governor of North Carolina, Daniel Russell, he was so freaked out that he took his name off the fucking ballot, but he still went to Wilmington, which was his hometown, on election day because... He thought he was going to calm things down, and I guess he wanted to see what happened. Uh-oh. What do you think? What What do you think happened to this man? Um. Well, considering that white lady earlier, um, I'm guessing it starts with an L and ends in a... Ooh. 
Uh, well, certainly when his train arrived, Redshirt swarmed the train car and tried to lynch him. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was the, the d- word. Yep, 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 yep. Somehow, despite all this fucking bullshit, the biracial fusionist government still managed to win their seats in Wilmington. Wow, that's impressive. That's really impressive. I mean, yeah. considering that these dudes were pretty much as dedicated as fucking possible to be like, democracy? So there was this group called the Secret Nine. Um, They authored this horseshit document called the White Declaration of Independence. Oh, mm, mm, because that first one just wasn't white enough. It was not exclusive enough um it called for the removal of voting rights for blacks and for the overthrow of the newly elected interracial government on the morning of november 9th alfred waddell read this stupid fucking thing to a crowd of 600 men at the courthouse he proclaimed that the u.s constitution did not anticipate the enfranchisement of an ignorant population of African origin that never again will white men of New Hanover County permit black political participation that, and this is my favorite, the Negro should stop antagonizing our interests <laughs> in every way, especially by the ballot. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh. Is that what we're calling it now? We're calling, okay, responding to terrorism. That's antagonizing somebody. Antagonizing our terrorist interests. So there were eight provisions in this thing. Um, Like eight bullet points for we want you to do this, we want you to do this. Two of eight, a full one quarter of this document, uh, was that we have been given... In our desire for harmony and peace, blinded both to our interests and our rights, a climax was reached when the Negro paper of the city published an article so vile and slanderous that it would, in most communities, have resulted in a lynching. And yet, there is no punishment provided by the courts adequate for the offense. So, first of all, y'all don't even know what a climax is. So, like, step <laughs> off your fucking high horse, okay? Like, come on here. That's literally, that was literally what the article was about. It was like, we made, he was like, hey, have you ever considered making your ladies come once or twice? And they're like, oh, how dare? Um, yeah. Saw Goody Manly consorting with the clitoris. <laughs> That's the devil's pearl. <laughs> Oh my god. Like, just the fucking gall, man, to be like, we're so dedicated to peace. You just need to allow us to shoot you, and then, like, peace will reign. It's so fucking petty. And it was very clearly because some, like, white supremacist simps were like, "Mm, let's let's give this a little more context to make it sound legitimate and they were talking about like all of this economic stuff it's like no you were mad that this one dude said that maybe white ladies like to fuck black guys and that is what most of this was about for better or worse Mm -hmm. 
457 of the 600 men in attendance signed on to this fucking thing. A group then decided to give the city's black residents... How Okay, how long do you think would be reasonable to comply with, like, a new Declaration of Independence? I'm... Are you talking about, like, an actual real Declaration of Independence? Or this bullshit thing that, like, six people wrote on their live journal? Yeah, like, uh... You know, for for this kind of thing that they were trying to put forward as like a totally diff, a totally legitimate declaration, how long would you give somebody to comply with that? Well, the answer is never because it's bullshit. But like, I don't know, a week. They gave the city's black residents twelve hours. Oh yeah, no, that's mm. mm-hmm. so the only hero of this story, Manly. He had already left a manly-shaped hole in the wall, uh, and he was fucking out as soon as somebody was like, dude, they are going to lynch you. Run. Run far away. Um, Fair. Now, again, in case you have not seen what is inevitably our podcast art, um, Manly was very light-skinned, and he was traveling with three of his friends who were also very light-skinned. On his way out of town, they were stopped by... Red Shirt Guardsmen, who invited them to the necktie party they were going to that evening for that scoundrel Manly. And then... God damn it. They loaded up Manly's buggy with Winchester rifles in case he and his friends spotted Manly on their way out of the city. White folks are so fucking dumb. They're so fucking dumb. <laughs> so fucking dumb. <laughs> this is like Bugs Bunny level shit. I mean, admittedly, Alexander Manley was fucking hot as shit. So they just saw that mustache and that glorious, glorious mustache that you know has ha- has helped many a lady come. And they're like, dude, straight up, like, here you go. Like, we'll roll out the red carpet on your way out. Like, good luck to you, sir. <laughs> Make a woman happy later today. You know what I mean? Like, they just completely in awe of the sexual prowess pouring off that man. If anybody wants to uh, start a website, like, which one, you can cut this out. But theoretically, if anybody wanted to start a website that was, like, which one vapes style, but, like, which one has ever made a lady come with just, like, celebrities, I would be so into that. <laughs> Mitch McConnell being like at the lowest, lowest rungs. Like Mike Pence, she might have even sneezed once and on accident somehow it happened. Mitch McConnell never a fucking one time, never once. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very interesting version of fuck Mary Kill. Okay, I'm gonna ask you right now, fuck Mary Kill, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Mike Pence. Well, obviously, kill Mitch McConnell. I can't not. Out of Lindsey Graham and Mike Pence, I would probably fuck Mike Pence. The reason is, is that it's... Here's the thing. Mike Pence would ne- has never made a woman come in his life. No. Like, ever. He just hasn't. Um, Again, she sneezed once and he thought that's what it was. Yeah. Um, But he's also not weird about it. <laughs> Lindsay, the problem with Lindsey Graham is that he's also never made a woman come. 
but he's also a freak. And like, I can't fuck. I, I don't. I mean, I'll, if I have to marry you, like, I will. And like, I'll put on my lady dom shoes, and you can clean my house. But like, I am not fucking that. Like, you, there is something wrong no. there. It's mm 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 mm. Oh. So now that we've had our jollies, we're going to just descend into it is only getting worse from here. Yeah. Woof. <sighs> the Dixiecrats called prominent black business owners to the courthouse that night and asked them to tell the black citizens that they needed to submit to the declaration. And these poor beleaguered people were just like, Dude, we did not write that article, and we do not even know where that guy is. Can you please not? And the Dixiecrats were like, tough titties, you have 12 hours to respond. So the business owners left, and they wrote a response that was essentially like, look, sorry, but Manly seems to be gone, and his newspaper's out of business, so can you please knock it off? And then they sent this lawyer to drop off the written response uh, to Waddell. I don't know why Waddell, but it was. Um but he was so freaked out that he just dropped the response in his mailbox, which I guess Waddell never checked. Because the next morning, the Dixiecrats were all like, well, we never got any response. As if that gives you the fucking right to do fucking anything. By 8.15 a.m. on November 10th, Waddell led a group of 500 men to Wilmington's armory. After heavily arming themselves with rifles and the Gatling gun, mm. Waddell then led them to Manley's offices, which they set on fire and gutted. By then, the mob had grown to 2,000 men. A rumor circulated that black marksmen had fired on a small group of white men a mile away from the printing office. White men then went to Wilmington's black neighborhoods, destroying black businesses and property and assaulting and murdering black inhabitants. While that was happening, Waddell led a group of red shirts and rioters to the city center where they forced the mayor, the board of aldermen, and the police chief to resign at gunpoint. The mob installed a new city council that elected Waddell to take over as mayor by 4 p.m. that day. By the end of the day, the mob had killed between 60 and 300 people, exclusively black. No white people were killed. I mean, why would they be? And they had banished at least 20 more. More than 2,000 black citizens permanently fled the city, and the History Channel claims that this number was as high as 100,000. Despite being publicly, transparently awful and racist, and there being lots of witnesses and photos to back up the assertion that this was a violent coup, Waddell painted himself as a reluctant, nonviolent leader and painted the white mob as peaceful, law-abiding citizens who simply wanted to restore law and order when he was interviewed by Harper's Weekly. Mm. Mm -hmm. History is an Ouroboros. <laughs> um, he also portrayed any violence committed by whites as either being accidental or executed in self-defense, Essentially, yeah, okay, okay. Essentially saying there were good people on both sides, Ren. Oh, yeah, uh huh, mm hmm, good people. 
There was no intimidation used in the establishment of the present city government. The old government had become satisfied of their inefficiency and utterly helpless imbecility and believed if they did not resign, they would be run out of town. But that, but that means intimidation. Like, if, if the threat is they're going to be run out of town unless they capitulate, I mean, I guess what's most frustrating about this and sad and really rage-inducing is, man, America is fucking dumb because that's yeah. the same shit people say now. Yeah. Mm. The mm-hmm. national news largely bought into this insane rationalization and described what happened as a race riot necessitated by black aggression. North Carolina still records this as the 1898 Wilmington race riot. No one was ever prosecuted or punished for the coup. I mean, why would they be? <laughs> why would they be for literally overthrowing a democratically elected government? That's dumb. In the 1900 election, Dixiecrats used what happened in Wilmington as a way to intimidate anyone else from running. The Dixiecrats ran on a platform of black disenfranchisement, and when the votes in Wilmington were counted, only 26 people voted against black disenfranchisement, demonstrating the political effect of the coup. By 1902, the number of registered black voters in Wilmington dwindled from more than 125,000 to about 6,100. Waddell remained mayor until 1905 and died in 1912. Should have died sooner. And more violently. Once installed in the legislature, Dixiecrats committed themselves to the disenfranchisement of black North Carolinians. They passed poll taxes and literacy tests, and all that bullshit. This also coincided with the implementation of Jim Crow laws. Now, I'm just going to crib directly from Wikipedia for the next paragraph, because it's a very good explanation of how things work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Democrats also set about passing its first racial hierarchy laws, prohibiting blacks and whites from sitting together on trains, steamboats, and in courtrooms, and even requiring blacks and... even requiring blacks and whites to use separate Bibles. Nearly every aspect of public life was codified to separate poor whites and blacks. These laws, a direct result of the brief political alliance between blacks and poor whites, not only encouraged whites to see black people as outcasts and pariahs, but also rewarded them for doing so socially and psychologically. This contributed to voluntary separation whereas whites and blacks lived close to one another prior to 1898 in Wilmington. However, the following year, physical segregation increased between blacks and whites throughout the state, with home value, social status, and quality of life improving for whites the further they physically lived away from blacks. This essentially lessened political democracy in the area and enhanced oligarchical rule by the descendants of the former slaveholding class. In 2000, the North Carolina State Legislature established the 1898 Wilmington Race Riot Commission. The commission studied the incident for six fucking years. 
Oh, my God. And made 10 legislative recommendations for measures that the state could take to right the wrongs of the past and promote justice, including reparations and business revitalization efforts. The legislature passed none of them. Oh, good. Yep, that, mm. mm-hmm. As of me writing this, and God willing when this comes out, and, and when anybody is listening in the future, the 1898 Wilmington Massacre is still the only successful coup d'etat in the history of the United States. You look like you've lost the will to live. Kind of, um, but, yeah, I mean, here, here here's hoping. <sighs> Admittedly, I mean, don't get me, don't get me wrong. This, this domestic terrorism force, um, that usurped a government, um, cause democracy wasn't racist enough for them. Um, we're still a bunch of fucking idiots, but like, I have a little bit of hope with this particular one because these people are really fucking bad at being mm-hmm. insurgents. Like, yeah. Elizabeth from Knoxville. Like, if that's who we're resting our hopes upon, um, you know, mm. Well, yeah, the whole reason I wanted to do this was because, like, after that happened, I turned on, you know, YouTube Live or whatever the fuck, like, on the 6th, when they reconvened the Senate, I want to say it was the Senate. Um, Lindsey Graham was, you know, I turned on the TV and Lindsey Graham was speaking and essentially saying, like, y'all are comparing this to the 1898 Wilmington uh Wilmington insurrection and that's you know don't compare it to that because that was you know a successful coup and that led to Jim Crow in the United States and I'm just like where's the fucking lie right I mean it just there's sort of a striking image from the Capitol riot which was I think it was a woman who was standing inside the Capitol while of course People are massed around her, and again, there's yeah. a full fucking riot going on. And she's holding a sign that says, Conservatives protest, liberals riot. And I think that's just so... Sounds about white. Yeah, sounds about white. Um, Glad we've literally learned nothing. Literally learned nothing. Not a one fucking thing. But, you know... Want a self-care plan? Yeah, yes. Yeah, no, that is how I'm ending it. I know it sounds like there was something else I was going to say. No, that's just how it ends. Like, all of the bad people got away with it. And, like, Manly probably had to change his name and, like, run off to North Carolina where he just resumed making, like, women Actually, come all I looked over it the up, place. So he, he... Oh, no. Uh, no, he he uh ran to DC. Okay. Um and uh he married a lady and um he was a highly successful banker and was he remained politically active and helped found the Armstrong Association which is a precursor to the National Urban League. Um, and uh Hi. lived out the rest of his days. So that's good. I'm glad he did not die and lived to give his wife many an orgasm, mm. um, which she deserved. Um, which I wonder, is that part of your self-care plan? Uh, it wasn't. It is now. Like, the, <laughs> Okay. 
f- find you a man with that kind of mustache. Um, th- this, by the way, is just the Gingy did not have the energy after researching all of this to do a heavily researched self-care plan. So these are things I'm doing for myself. Fair. Uh, so look up possum memes. There's lots on our Facebook page. They transcend <laughs> politics. Mostly. Did you know that most distilled liquor has no carbohydrates? I didn't either before my boss told me like a month ago, and it has opened up a whole new world to me. Yeah. And finally, be wary of anyone who tells you what you must do to be a good member of any group. There are few absolutes in this world, and at the end of the day, you get to draft your own identity. You are more than just the groups you belong to. And also donate to the NAACP, because Jesus fucking just Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, if any of those, like, you, in order to be a good member of this group, involves the descriptor, the description of carcasses in a river, perhaps uh-uh. not a group you uh-uh. want to be part of. Terrible transition, but thanks to listener VB41442044 for the review on iTunes. If you want to get your, if you want to get your name read on the podcast, leave us that sexy, sexy iTunes review, or if you review us on any other platform, like DM us somewhere on our social. Yeah. Gingy will absolutely see the messages. I again have been banned from social media because I keep forgetting it's a thing. Um, and that's not a really great way to do a social media platform. I've heard (laughs) it's by forgetting about its existence. I mean, like, we have two settings. We have you, which is not at all, and we have me, which is, did you say possums? <laughs> <sighs> so that's going to be all for us this week, folks. If you like what you're hearing, you can check us out um, at thisevanguypod.com. Uh, our Twitter is also thisevanguypod. Our Patreon is thisevanguypod. Uh, Facebook is this fucking guy, which again has many a possum meme. So, uh, feel free to hit us up there. Yeah. And, Assu- uh, assuming we're still there, we did get, uh, somebody tried to zuck us again by reporting one of our very weirdly benign memes as like going against community standards. Cause yeah, if you're mean to us, I'm just going to start banning people from the page. I can do that. And you know what? We take a formal stand here at this fucking guy. Possums violate no community standards. No. Like, possums absolutely adhere to all community standards across this great nation. And they eat ticks. <laughs> As always, I'm Ginger Golub. I am Ren Martinez. Here's a bonus self-care tip. Don't. Just don't. Just don't. Also, don't. Be this fucking guy. Peace. Peace. This fucking guy.